So, tonight, I'm going to talk to you guys about the pure in heart. It is not actually a sex talk. I find it really interesting, but apparently that's what some people thought. Um, it's, it's not that, sorry. Um, but, we're going to go quick, so stay with me. Here's the deal. I like to be funny, I like to walk around. Um, if you fall asleep, I might throw a shoe. So if you start to feel sleepy, you can stand up. You can go in the back. You can walk around as long as you're listening. I don't, I don't really care. Ah. So, okay, but, but stay with me. Stay engaged. I think God wants to do something. Sorry about that. Yeah, can you give it up for these guys? Further and further and further deeper in. Um, 
But praise the Lord, he works all things together for good, right? And it was like as a result of that situation with that boyfriend that um, I had, I didn't know much when I was 15, so I like all of a sudden was terrified, thought that I was pregnant, and um, didn't know what to do because my home life wasn't good. It wasn't like I can go to my family and like tell them to love me anyway. I know now, like as a fully grown adult, they would have loved me anyways, and it probably would have been a whole lot of drama, but we would have got through it. But I didn't know that at the time. So I absolutely freaked out and got on my knees in my bedroom and I cried out to this God that I heard it existed. And it, you guys, I kid you not, some of my students have heard this, but I was like down on my knees, like bawling so hard that I had hives, you know, like, like absolutely crying out to God. I'm like, you're real, show yourself to me. And his presence just came like this giant blanket of peace. And it was so real that I knew it was Jesus. And so he came into my life and I got up a different person. And it was crazy because I didn't know how to be a different person. I hadn't studied the Bible. I only went to church to sing in a choir. Because um, when I was little, I sang. But Jesus did this inner working, and it didn't like all of a sudden turn into life, period. Okay, but, but like, I started to lose taste for some of the things that I had been after before. And I started to hunger for God. And I didn't have a way to do church, so when I got old enough to drive, I started like going to church because I could take myself in. And I started to devour God's word. I always go to Bible study, I'll go to church, I'll go to another church that met at a different time and hear more. Um, and God just really, really started to change me, started to speak his word to me, started to clean up my life, and, and so vision in my life that I could be so much more than whatever I was trying to be in that facade um, of that person that, that I was trying to be. And so the point of me telling you that is this. If you feel like you're incredibly far from where you think you should be to be a leader in God's kingdom, he can still use you. If you'll give your life to him, he can turn it around. He can clean it up. I, I don't care what you're in. God is bigger. Okay? I don't care what your past is. God is bigger, and he can erase that stuff. Okay? So whoever you are, wherever you've been, my God is big. He's big. Okay? So what does it mean to say pure? It means this. It's clean, pure, or unstained. Um, the Greek word literally means no admixture or adhesive. Those are big words, okay? So nothing added in or tacked on. Okay? And so we're free from contaminating influences. Like sin. Okay? And so I have a visual. Because I'm... Y'all gotta bear with me. I like... I'm really hyper and like to move around, and so this is my excuse to move around. Okay, but we have here two jars of water, right? Um, this is just water. That's bubbles. Which um, this is just water, right? You can see through it. You can tell it's just water. Is there anything in it? No, right? Okay, and so if I look at Devante, I can see him pretty easy, right? See right through it. To the cool. Okay, so this is water, and we're gonna add coffee because coffee's not right. We got a little bit of coffee. Is it just water now? No. It's still kind of see the latte. We got add a lot of it. You can't see it through it at all, right? And so that's what 
This is the, the unfair part, okay? I'm gonna put lids on it, because I'm also really clumsy. So there's like a million chances if I don't put a lid on it that we'll have lots of fun. Um, maybe your shoes will be up. So I can't see through it anymore, right? And so to have a pure heart is to be this one, right here. Okay? We'll leave them there so y'all can kind of see. Um, so this is a picture of us as believers, right? When we add things in, when we stick them on, people no longer can see Christ through me, right? Like if I'm adding all these things in my life, or I'm sticking things on my life, I'm taking this and this and this, you can't see straight through to Christ, right? And so the picture of your heart is, is being able to see straight through the person to the Jesus in the person. And that's what we're supposed to be. Um, so what's this about? Obviously one correct answer is sin, okay? Like to have a pure heart, we have to be free from sin. And so, um, you know, the point of this, this talk, this message, it's not to shame you. But the Holy Spirit starts to deal with you, please. Please, please, just let him come in and do work, okay? Because obviously, if we talk about heart purity, he's going to put his finger on different sins. I'm not going to sit here and list them, because Holy Spirit can speak really well, okay? But if he starts to put his finger on it, and man, I don't know about you guys, but Holy Spirit can, like, grind his finger. Like, he can be like, okay? So if you're open to him, man, Holy Spirit will, will talk, okay? Um... So the point of this is not just to make you feel bad, but the point of this um, is to to teach us about our purity. And I think there's there's even more to it than just the one thing sin. Um, so a little bit more of my testimony. Um, fast forward to college, I went to University of Tennessee, Knoxville. Anyway, it's my wedding day. 
Okay? Now what's that about? What that about what that is about is I realized in my former life of sin that I'm like zero to sixty as far as impulsiveness and like, okay, let's be real. I super struggle with sexual sin when I was like single, praise the Lord, I'm married now, so there's a place for that to land. But like I super struggle. So I'm like, if you like cuddle me too close or start like kissing on me, like I'm not gonna have any restraint. So let's just not kiss. So then we will be so far from the line, right? So far from the line that we're probably not gonna end up in instant. Okay, and that was my heart. I was like, because if you kiss me, mm-hmm. now he's a really good guy because he wasn't super thrilled about that news, but then he was like, okay. And he decided to like take it on as his conviction, which was really quality. Um, but so we're gonna talk about the line, okay? Like seriously, if you take anything away from this, take it away from this. So I'm gonna make a line. It's really ugly. Mm-hmm. That's better visual. Okay. Don't stick it real good. So. A lot of times, sorry, um, we treat sin like, how close to this line can I get? In like, I kind of. Is this sin? Jackie, is this sin? You know? Is this sin? We get so close to the line. And um, so I was reading a book by Mark Driscoll, and he was talking about this, especially in a chapter on sexual sin, he was saying, couples try to keep getting so close to the line, as close as they can possibly get. Which, like, if you're trying to get close to the line, what are you getting closer to? Sin. Okay? So, what should your heart be wanting to get closer to? If this is sin, my heart should be going this direction to God. Okay? So anytime, I beg to say, anytime that you're trying to, like, how close to sin can I get? Even if you haven't technically, legalistically sinned, your heart's probably not right. Okay? Because your heart should be headed in a whole other direction. And if your heart is headed in this whole other direction, you're not going to struggle near as much with, like, this stuff. Okay? Because you're headed in this direction. And yeah, every once in a while we mess up. Okay? Every once in a while something just comes out and you're like, what? Whoops. Okay, what happens? You know, and then we fix it and we keep going in the direction. Right? But if we're going in this direction, we're going to struggle so much less than if we're sitting here and we're on the line. And I just got to be honest. When I was dating, and I was dating Matt, and I was getting serious in this relationship, I didn't want to be like, okay, well, we can spend time together alone, but you have to be across the table. We can't, we can't talk about these topics. If we can't kiss, we can only sit up. We can't lay down, and the lights can't go off. They have to stay on, and there needs to be another break. Like, I don't know. My friends were dating, too, and they had, like, a list of rules. It's just like, God, kind of sucks. Like, how do you even get to know the guy if you have this list, right? So I was like, we're just going to go in this direction, and we're going to stay really far. Um, and, like, that's just kind of an example from my life. So if you're trying to mess with the line, check your heart. Cool? And you got to be real with yourself, but if you realize you're pushing up against the line, and you're trying to get as close as you can, check your heart. Be like, hey, Jesus, how do you feel about this? Okay? Um, and so it's also kind of why secret sin doesn't work 
Like a lot of times people have like secrets in their life. They don't tell anybody, but it's still there. But there's something about that person, but they're headed in the whole wrong direction. And so even if you're like, I don't know what's wrong, like it's hard to connect with them. They're not going to be after spiritual stuff. And so if you have secret stuff, you're still headed in the wrong direction. You need to be headed after Christ. And so as a leader, that doesn't work. Because you're trying to lead people to Christ, you can't be walking this way, right? Um, so as we talk about the pure in heart, I used to think pure in heart just equaled no sin. Like, don't do that. But as I've studied, um, I think it goes deeper. Like C.S. Lewis says, uh, further up and deeper in. We're going to look at Matthew 6, verses 22 through 23. Okay, and like, so hold on, we're going to start going fast. Um, it says, your eye is the lamp of the whole body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. When your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Okay, what's this all about? This is honestly one of those, oh, I was like a brand new baby Christian, I read it, and I'd be like, don't get it, so I go to the next part. But if you look at the context, what is the verse right before it? If you've got your Bible open, what's the verse right before it? Yeah, wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So we have that, and then it goes on to talk about this eye. Okay? And it's all about what you're looking at. What direction you're headed in. Are you seeing clearly? Are you focused on God, or are you deceived? Are you headed towards the line? Right? Um, like Hebrews 12 says, we need to be fixing our eyes on Jesus. Right? And it says, laying aside every sin and everything that entangles us. So that tells me that it's not just sin, but there's other things that can entangle us that we have to lay aside. Um, and why does it say fix our eyes? It's because whatever we're focused on, that's what we're going towards. Right? Like if you look at this word in Matthew 6 that says good. Like when we talk about good eyes, um, I'm not going to say the Greek word because that would just be really, really embarrassing because I can't um, pronounce it. But the word for good eyes means this. Unconfounded, pure, undivided loyalty. It's translated in the King James Version as single. In Phillips' sound, in a, the Living Bible is pure. In the NIV and NLT is good. This is talking about pure devotion when you've narrowed all your desires down to one to seek the Lord. So, you, so instead of having all these desires and all these things, you just have one. One pure devotion is just to seek Jesus. Okay, the bad eyes... Um, the Greek word for that means evil. Um, and it's the opposite of being undivided. It's when your loyalty is divided into two. Okay? Um, it's like in James 1.8 when it says somebody is double-minded and stable in all their ways. When we say bad eyes, they're double-minded. Um, the effect of bad eyes is being tossed back and forth by every wind of teaching, like it says in Ephesians 4.14. Um, so an example, I thought I should find this word, okay? An example of this, um, I was trying to think of one, and the, this is what I thought. So, a few years ago, I went back from Memphis to Knoxville to visit a friend. And we really liked to hike together, so we decided we're going to hike Mountain Time. Um, we went all the way up, we got to the top, and it had started raining really heavily. And the path we like to take includes some bouldering. Um, so it was kind of slippery on the way up. We thought on the way down it was going to be really slippery. So there was a ranger up there, and we're like... Hey, like, what do you suggest? Um, so he sent us on this other rail in the rain that we'd never been on. And for whatever moment, for whatever reason, in that moment, we were like, he's a ranger. He knows what he's talking about. Um, 
So we started down this path, okay? We're walking down this path, and like, first it gets real narrow, like nobody ever walks on it, okay? And so it's like we're going down the path, and then we're like going down the path. You know, but like, it's, it's the slowest progress ever down a mountain. Because the whole time we're second-guessing, like, is this good? Is this right? Like, I don't, I don't know. And then so, like, we start going back up the path, and we're like, no, nah, we're a few miles in. We should go down. It's kind of far, far. And so at some point, we hit a bigger path, and we're like, okay, it's probably okay. But we're still kind of second-guessing it. We're talking about the ranger. So, so that's an example of bad eyes, okay? Like, you're like, I'm going this direction. I don't believe in it. I don't really know. Um, so we're going that direction. Now, halfway down the mountain, this other thing occurred. Okay? And so we're walking down this path, like just talking, chilling, and I hear something rustle in the trees kind of above us at the mountain. And I look, and I see what it is. I'm like, huh. She didn't see what it was, and I'm more outdoorsy than her. So I was like, up a step. Let's just walk back up the path. And she's like, are you changing your mind again? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, just let's walk back up the path. And um, so we're walking up the path. She still has no idea what's going on. Because I just thought for whatever reason that was best. And I hear the thing going through the trees. And I'm like, well, that's not working. I'm like, let's go down the path. So we go down the path. And about that time, she's like, you're being really, like, extra, extra wishy-washy-washy. And um, so she turns. And she sees the thing, and it's a bear. Oh, my Okay? <laughs> it's a bear. Single, only moment in my life that I wish I could Okay? <laughs> this bear pops out on the trail, and then what does she do? She doesn't know what to do about a bear, because, like, we're super prepared. And no one has a knife or a gun or mace, nothing. Um, she, like, there's a bear mace, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> she sees a bear, she turns, and then she does this, okay? And, like, bears have an instinct that if you freak out, they charge. So she freaks out, and it starts, like, running at us, and I'm like, there's a black bear running at us, and it's far, hence wanting mace, <laughs> in the city. And so, like, as I see this, um... I'm like, she's like, what do we do? And I'm like, run, you know, because it's running at us, and like, that's not wise, but, but like, there's only two of us, so we weren't going to get big and scare it. Like, I'm not a big girl, she's about my size. Um, so I'm like, running. So we're running down this trail, and she's not a runner. She goes, I'm not a runner. And I'm like, you are today. We're going down the trail, and she's like, what are we going to do? And I go, drop your crackers. You're never supposed to feed the wildlife. But she drops her wheat thins, okay? And it stops to eat the wheat thins. And I'm like, Okay. The whole time I'm getting away from the bear, which in my mind I never got away from the bear until I was safely in the car and was locked in near me. Okay. Like, upon I'm getting away from the bear, my eyes were good. I had one focus. It was to get down that mountain as fast as possible and into that car and away from that mountain. Okay. Like, I was like, we are out of here. And she's like, I want to stop running. And I'm like behind her pushing, and I'm like, you cannot stop running. There's one in my head is this. I'm going to turn around three kids. Um, and they're little, okay? So I have three little kids, and she's my, she was my student, and this person I'm discipling. So I'm like, I fasten her, but I cannot let the bear eat my student. <laughs> and I don't want to die because I have children. And like, so neither of us can die. So like, <laughs> but my vision became like super good. Like it became, like in this sense, it became like pure, completely undivided.
ride it, car, like trajectory car, quick as quick possible. Um, so we got to the car, obviously, I didn't get any. Um, she didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but like, so that's one of the examples. Like, one time I was kind of wishy-washy, but then, like, it became really clear where I need to get, right? And a lot of times in life, that's how we walk. We're kind of like, well, Jackie said this is the right way. Like, the ranger said this is the right trail. We're like, mm, I don't know. No, it wasn't the right trail. <laughs> it was a bear, and there was no one for miles. I'm like, I don't know if I've ever seen it again. Um, <laughs> it wasn't the right trail. But, but if you're like, I think this is the wrong trail, make a decision, okay, and walk in that direction. So that's why we fix our eyes on Jesus, because if we're focused on one thing, we're going to go in the right direction, okay? Um, so we're going to go through these few verses. These are just something the Lord gave to me. I call them the one thing verses, because they all have the words one thing in them. Okay, pretty easy. Um, but the first one is this. It's Psalm, it's Psalm 24, 27, 4. It says, The one thing I ask of the Lord, the thing I seek most, is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfections and meditating in his temple. And so this is um, written by King David. And he's saying, the one thing I ask of God, the thing I want more than anything else, is God's presence. Repeat the verse. Repeat the verse. Psalm 27.4. Sorry, I thought it was a good thing. Psalm 27.4. I said it really wrong the first time. So he's saying, the one thing I ask of God is I want to live in his presence. Because for him, in his day, the way you would encounter God was to go to the temple. And you would go to the temple, and that's where um, you would experience God's glory. And that's how they worship God. They didn't have this relationship with Jesus that, like, any moment I want, I can be in God's presence, okay? He's saying, the one thing I want is that moment when I'm in your presence. I want to live there. All the days of my life, I want to live there. He's saying, the one thing I want. You guys all that that would be our desire. There's just one thing I want. One thing. And so the second one is Luke 10, 41 and 42. Luke 10, 41, 42. Um, and this is about Mary and Martha. And Martha's really upset because she's making this big dinner. And her little sister's not helping. She's sitting in Jesus' this family. So she says, Jesus, tell her to help. The short person. You can read it. Um, but the Lord said to her, My dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. So this was Jesus himself speaking. Here's the crux of this whole thing. There's only one thing. There's only one thing. You know, there's only one thing for our heart to be fixed on if it's going to be pure, going back to our Matthew 5 verse. It's Jesus, okay? Our hearts are meant to be single in devotion. We have to have one love, one passion, one thing. It's not just about sin. We think like that, we're still kind of walking on the line, Okay? It's about having one thing we love and seek, and nothing's mixed in. Nothing's added on. Um, so I, there's a question I want to ask you, and we're going to get back to this at the very end. But is there anything that's competing for your devotion to Christ? Is there anything in your life that's competing for your devotion with Christ? You can write down that question, or if you know the answer, you can write that down. Um, but if there's anything competing for your devotion with Christ, I'm going to pray about that in a little bit. The last one thing verse is this, Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians 3, 13, 14. 
It says, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive a heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. Y'all, I love this. It's talking about forgetting the past. Like, forget it. Let it go. Like Elsa, let it go. Okay? Um, if you're in Christ, you are forgiven. You're washed clean. You're made new. Okay? If you're in sin, you can repent and you're forgiven. You're washed clean. You're made new. He's not holding on to it. So we don't have to hold on to it anymore. Okay? So forget the past and look forward. What do we look forward to? Christ. Look forward to Jesus. That same thing we're fixing our eyes on Christ. And so what does it say is promised? That first verse, what does it say is promised? Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they all what? See God. They will see God. They will see God. I don't know about you guys, but I want to see <coughs> the face of God. Like, it's never happened yet, but like, man, I, I would love for Jesus to like, blow my mind. Because, like, I've definitely encountered him in worship, but I would love for Jesus to, like, blow up my mind and just, like, reveal himself sometime. I mean, that would be incredible. But I want to see God. I want to see God. This is incredible to me. <clears throat> so as a leader, when we live like this, if we live in love with Jesus, if we live so captivated with Jesus, if we live looking unto Jesus, people who see that in our lives... People who look at us, who spend time with us, who sit next to us in class, or work out in our gym, or happen to like be in the places that we are, will be like, what do you have? What is that? Yes. Have you guys ever met somebody like that? That they are so captivated with Jesus that when you're around them, you're like more hungry, you know? Like, y'all, be that person. Okay? Don't wait for like, Bobby Sue to be that person. Be that person. <laughs> Be that person that's so crazy in love with Jesus, it creates a desire. Because, y'all, there's times in my life that, like, I go out and I do evangelism and I'm, like, telling people about Jesus. There's times in my life I have my lost friends and I'm building a relationship and I'm telling them about Jesus. But my favorite times in my life are when God's just rocking my world and people are like, what do you have? You know, like, I've been in Starbucks and the, bar- the barista's like, what's up with you? You know, which was like, okay, if somebody says, what's up with you? And you know, like, you're sitting there, like, crazy in love with Jesus, and, like, you've been worshiping him all, all morning, and you're like, just be like, she's asking you the gospel. <laughs> okay, but, like, um, you know, like, like, look for those invitations, but when you're living in love with Christ, it just creates opportunity, because people see it, and they see that something's different. Mm-hmm. And they're hungry because we have a lost, dying, broken world. And they're absolutely hungry. Okay? So there's this quote we really like to quote because it blows my mind pretty much every time I think about it. But A.W. Tozer says this. He says, we can have as much of God as we want. Like as much as God, of God as you want is available to you. If you want more of Jesus, it's available to you. Okay? I think the only person that puts the cap on the limit of how much of God we can know and when we stop growing in Christ is is us. In my life, it's me. If I'm not experiencing more of Christ, like, man, I need to look at me first and not be like, God, why'd you quit speaking? And he's probably like, why'd you go over there? You know, like, um, we can have as much of God as we want. So practically, 
how do we do this? Cool? Because I like these like theoretical things. So practically, how do you become more close to God? Right? I think John numbers or something. John a blank or something. Blank. Okay. Five things. First, ask God for help. I'm not going to explain that because I think you guys are right. Ask God for help. Say, God, help me to, to want more of you. Help me to want to be pure in heart. The second thing is pray uh, Psalm 139. At the very end of that psalm, it says, Search me and know me, God. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's anything offensive in me and lead me in the way everlasting. You guys want a pure heart? Man, quickest way to get there is to be like, Jesus, see if there's anything offensive in me. I pray every morning. I usually end up on my face or like crying at Starbucks because I have a quiet time at Starbucks a lot. And then they're like, what's, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like Jesus is wrecking my world. So it's something to talk about. Um, right? You say, search me and know me. If you pray that and mean it, man, he'll do it. Um, the third thing is this. Read the Bible. Cool? And I don't mean just like, what should I read today, God? You know, and, oh, this, you know, like, like, read the Bible. Study the Bible. If you don't know how, and you're like, where do I start? Man, start with the Sermon on the Mount. Right? Like, we're talking about it tonight. You can just wake up in the morning and, and, and start with it. Literally, it's one of those passages in Scripture that has blown my mind. Like, I spent a few years studying the Sermon on the Mount. Um, a while back, because just like verse by verse, if you take that, that thing and, and you look at it and you pray every day in your life, hey, God, <coughs> um, you know, like read the Bible, be reading through scripture. This needs to be an everyday thing, okay? And then take time to meditate on it. But that means like think about it, chew on it, okay? Like that's my favorite thing to do when I run, because usually like. I read before I run, and so whatever I've been studying, I kind of just, like, run and think about it. I'm like, God, what does this mean? And I have time. Because the truth of it is, like, we have smartphones. We have things coming at us all the time. So you need a place that you have, like, that white space where your brain can just, like, stop and pause and think, and nothing's going to notify it or, like, beep at it or buzz, right? And so, like, for me, that's running because I'm, like, on a trail by myself, and a lot of times... I don't take my phone. Like, unless I'm jamming to some worship music or I'm going to listen to a podcast, like, I don't take it. And I don't take it often. Because I can just talk to God. And I can just have that time to think through stuff. But whatever that is for you, it doesn't have to be running. It can be whatever. But take time to meditate and think about what you read. Cool. The fourth thing. Pray. Cool. Talk to God. You know, if you don't, um, if you don't know how to pray... You know, look at the Lord's Prayer. It's one page over in Matthew 6. You know, and pray through each of those things. Um, but pray and talk to God. Man, something the Lord has had me doing recently, like really recently, is at least once a week, I pray through the Sermon on the Mount. Like I open my Bible and I go through like each section because I need it. Like over and over and over again. I need it. I need God to do those things in my life. And I need to be reminded not just to ask Him like, Hey, bless the thing and give me this thing I want and heal that person. But, like, I need to be praying about, like, and teach me to know you. And, like, man, have I murdered somebody in my heart by hatred? And, like, you know, like, I need that. Um, but take time to pray. And take time, the fifth thing is to worship. Take time to adore God. Um, not just at Kayafa, not just at church, 
you need to have a personal time of worship. We just tell God how great he is. It doesn't have to be music, it doesn't have to be guitar, it could be like painting or whatever you do, you do you, okay? But take time to worship God and don't give up. God isn't asking us to be perfect. He's asking us to seek him. Okay? So I'm going to give us one more scripture and then we're going to pray. And this scripture is um, it's someone that's been tearing me up recently, recently in my life. Um, but in John 21, the very end of the gospel, there's this conversation and Peter's denied Jesus three times, right? And then he's out fishing, because he just kind of goes back to what he's doing, and he sees Jesus, and he realizes it's Jesus on the shore, and they catch a ton of fish. I tell things this way, because I want you to go read it, because I want you to read the Bible. Um, you follow? So John 21, you can read the whole chapter. Um, after this talk, you'll have plenty to read. Just like, read the Bible. Um, but so, Jesus and Peter are having this conversation, and Jesus kind of ends the conversation by telling him that the end of his life is going to suck. Okay? Short version. The end of your life is going to be not so great. Um, he's already told him, follow me. He's like, the end is not going to be great. Okay? And Peter says in verse 20, John 21, verse 20, Then Peter turned around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast to the suffering, said, Lord, um, oh, it's verse 21. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? As for you, follow me. And um, I think what's so incredible that to me about that is I can't look at you and compare my life to you and be like, I'll just... I'll do it curious, right? I can't compare my life to Joey or Lori. I can't compare my life to the people next to me, right? It's just ask for you, follow me. That is the call to every single one of us. Like, it's you, follow me. When you get to heaven and you're face-to-face with God, the question is not going to be, did Madison follow well? Like, when I stand before God, he's not going to say Hey, did Brandon follow me? Nope. Not going to be the question. The question is going to be, did you follow me? My youth pastor, the guy that um, started pouring into my life after I came to Christ, he always says it this way. He says, in the face of eternity. Like, he doesn't ever even finish the quote, so we all know what he means. But in the face of eternity, what will matter? Right? And so when you make your choices, in the face of eternity, is this a good choice? In the face of eternity... Is it not a good choice? Like, when you're thinking about meeting Jesus face to face, right? Live your life in a way that you'll be, like, so ecstatic to get there. Right? So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to take some time to pray. Okay? You have the questions in your book. Because I wanted you to be able to, like, take these and chew on them and think about them and pray through them. Um... We have a few different points. Just things to ask yourself to do an inventory between you and the Lord. The first one, is there anything added on or tacked on in my life that I need to get rid of? Cool? Is there anything you need to get rid of? The second one, is there any sin I need God's help to gain victory over? Well, there's sin. Let's gain victory over. Cool? 
The third one, is there anywhere I'm trying to get closer to sin instead of closer to God? Fourth, are there any goals or things in my life that I'm pursuing that are pulling me away from Christ? And fifth, do I desire God only? If not, what's holding me back?